Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Howdy, how's everybody doing? Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of uh, getting reacclimated after the, the week uh, last week with uh, July 4th right in the middle of it. But I do know it's Tuesdays with Modica. So uh, here with me for the whole show, as is typical on a Tuesday, Matt Modica. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Al. Trying to stay cool. It's hot in the city once again. And uh, just trying to survive till the All-Star break. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, I know that I guess you can find a, a nice air conditioned place and, uh, you know, watch the home run derby or something. But uh, in fact, <laughs> I bought my air conditioner during the home run derby last year. Well, yeah, that's sometimes that happens. The stuff goes uh, the stuff goes awry during the summer. Never <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this time of year uh, you need it. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I found myself uh, at a. Uh, a Lowe's home store <laughs> during the home run derby last year. Hopefully this year I get to see a, a little bit more of it. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, I talked quite a bit on Monday's show about uh, the all-star rosters and uh, talked a bit about some of the snubs, but also really more, Matt, just about how there's a lot of players that I think are deserving all-stars, but I don't know how you make room for all of them. Given that, I think the, I think the, you know, the rosters by and large are fine. I mean, the beefs, that I have are mostly, you know, with the players that are there because they're the team's lone representative. And unless they change the rules, there's there's not too much you can do about that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think you have to have a representative for every team. Uh, I'm happy that the All-Star game no longer carries the weight it did for a few years where you know, the decided home field advantage in the World Series but in all honesty, Al, I think the last time I really cared about the All-Star game was when Fred Lynn hit a grand slam off the <laughs> Hammaker. And the, was that Old Tiger Stadium? Uh, I Honestly, I, I don't remember where that it was. Either was either Old Tiger Stadium or Comiskey. It's one of those two. The, now, Tiger Stadium, the old one, uh, was where uh, Pete Rose had the, the infamous slide into Ray Fossey, though, right? Yeah, but see, that was that was a different time. Those guys, the American League and the National League really went at it. And yeah. I know people always have a problem with that. That was just how Pete Rose played every game, whether it was spring training, regular season, all-star, whatever. It's unfortunate that a man's career was ruined. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. Um, but, you know, to get back to, you know, your other point that, uh, you know, that's what I grew up with, with uh, not, not necessarily that particular game, but um, – you know, what the All-Star game did mean something. So when Bud Selig had to, you know, kind of artificially try to <laughs> hype it up with, you know, this this time it counts and the home field advantage. That just seemed absolutely ludicrous to me. So I'm with you. I, I agree that that's, that's in the past now. Uh, 
you know, maybe just all-star games just, you know, they're just not what they used to. And the NBA game, you know, has all the skills competitions and that's kind of developed its own niche. But I'm not sure, uh, you know, what you can do to make people care more about the the Major League All-Star game. Well, I mean, I think it's the fans that want to watch it will watch it. You know, there's nothing really else going on at that time. So I think you'll get some eyes just for that, you know, turn the TV on. Have some fun with it. Like, to me, the highlights of the past few years was, like, that inning that Jacob DeGrom had. Yes, I'm a Met fan. DeGrom is one of my favorite players in baseball. But that was an electric inning, you know. Or you go back to the time when Bo Jackson let off with a home run. It's for those kind of moments and stuff like that. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. And like you said, you know, people who want to watch it will watch it. I will watch it. I admit that I, I usually find it kind of boring. Um, and, and as much as I, I'm not, I don't really like this Matt, but I think I actually do enjoy the home run derby a little bit more than the game itself. Well, I mean, this year didn't Max Muncy, Max the Merciless say he was <laughs> going to participate. Yes. And no Aaron judge, no Giancarlo Stanton. And, uh, you know, it might be more of the, the Max Muncy types who aren't established power hitters, but you know, could still put on a good show. I, I will say I'm a little torn for this final uh, spot between Muncie and Aguilar. I think we got to give it to Aguilar. My, my heart says Muncie. My head says Aguilar. But I will say, what Brandon Crawford and uh, Hunter Pence did for Brandon Belt, that campaign where they did the, uh, where they did the wrestling thing, that was pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and actually, I, I haven't voted yet, but I probably will vote for Trey Turner. But it's you know you can make a case as as is the case usually every year you can make a, a case for you know just about everybody on both the AL and NL lists. No, it's, I mean it's true. Like I think one of the bigger snubs. I mean I've been a big uh, Glaber Torres fan. He's a guy that I either drafted and held on to, or pretty much picked up in all my leagues. But Jed Lowry deserves to be there. I don't see. I mean look, he'll get in because. Torres isn't going to be able to play and stuff like that. but <laughs> And Blake Snell, how he's left off is un- most unfortunate. Yeah, well, and I'm sure he'll find a way um, as uh, an injury replacement. But, uh, yeah, I did talk. Now, thank you, by the way, for bringing up Jed Lottery, because I don't think I remembered to mention him on the show yesterday. And to me, that that is one of the most obvious substitutions uh Lowry for Torres who's yeah Torres has had a great year but I, I think Lowry is deserving and maybe more deserving um but yeah I talked about the Blake Snell situation on, on Monday's show and he absolutely deserves to be an all-star but especially if you're going to flip him for another starting pitcher maybe you can get a, a reliever out of there uh but if you're gonna flip him for another starter I actually thought that maybe the the most sense would be to flip him for Corey Kluber. And again, I just want to say, I understand that's not going to be necessary because he'll get in there some other way. Mm-hmm. But if, if, these, if these rosters were frozen, I think that's actually the most fair move. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's going to be guys that are going to start on Sunday and it's not going to uh, work out for them and stuff. I mean, I was kind of, uh, bummed to not see Nick Castellanos make it. I think he was deserving. He's batted 300 all year. And I thought he should have been the Tigers' lone representative. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that that it is. And it's, like I said, uh, it, to start this all off, I mean, it's it's hard to find spots for all these these folks. Uh, there are pre- There's pretty much nobody that's not a lone representative 
that I think is is undeserving who actually did make the squad. Uh, one of the players who did make it, uh, and I'm actually sort of surprised that more people haven't sort of squawked about it, is John Lester. Uh, but I went ahead and, and wrote about him for a column that uh, went up this morning on Fantrax. So, Matt, you and I are going to talk a little bit about Lester's season and some of the other pitchers that are, are showing up as over and underachievers when you look at XFIP. Uh, so we'll get all to, to all of that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we've got some notable performances from yesterday to break down. Uh, we've got uh, lineups to look at already. I'm sure there'll be a bunch more in about uh, half an hour or so when we get to those. Uh, and then you mentioned Glaber Torres. We've got a whole bunch of uh, Yankees updates. So let's hit the news right now. Uh, and the big Yankee update is that Masahiro Tanaka has been activated and will start tonight. Uh, no big surprise there. What are you expecting uh, going forward from uh, from Tanaka, given that uh, he's been rather inconsistent the last couple of years? Yeah, that's been the problem. Like, uh, I remember writing him up for this upcoming season. And if you just looked at the uh, – looked if you did a deep dive and looked beneath the surface of the uh, stats, all his statistics were elite in that second half. It just it hasn't always uh, translated for him, you know, for the fantasy aspect of it. The home run ball has been an issue with him. Uh, it's been something that's plagued him. That park does him no favors. But if I'm getting Tanaka back, I, I'm I'm kind of excited. I don't expect him to be, you know, an elite pitcher, but I think he's someone that can help me. And if he does go on a roll, good things could happen. Yeah, like in the second half last year, uh, or at least during a part of it. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. The skilling is always so tantalizing with him. I did bench him this week just – you know, just to kind of make sure he's a hundred percent. I'm fine with that. I, I think that's a, you know, if you if you can afford to have him on your bench for this week, I think that is the right way to go about it, especially coming off the injury. Yeah, well, we shall see. Uh, I, I do expect uh, mostly good things from Tanaka. Uh, we have a couple of DL moves. Avisael Garcia. Uh, with his strained right hamstring, he's been placed on the DL, and absolutely no surprise. And this actually had to happen very shortly after Monday's show. Gasiel Puig placed on the disabled list with uh, his strained oblique. Uh, it was annoying to me, Matt, because I really could have used that DL move a few hours earlier to uh, move some players around in one of my leagues. But uh, I had to actually dro- I dropped Tanner O'Rourke to uh, to make room, and actually that's I'm fine with it. So yeah, yeah I've got no. I think I've got an open slot. Yes. So I got an open slot to fill. Uh, Garrett Cole earlier on Tuesday was placed on the bereavement list by the Astros. Uh, Carlos Correa, uh, according to the Houston Chronicle, is not expected to play in the Astros' current series. And A.J. Hinch told the Chronicle that it's looking more and more unlikely that Correa will be back before the All Star break. Does makes sense, right? Uh, might as well give him the time. Uh, yeah, I sure would he's... proceed with, uh, you know, if you can give him that extra week on top of it, you know, the, the Astros will be there. They'll be in the playoffs. I'm not worried about this team. And I don't, they, if they need to upgrade something else, they'll they'll make something happen. They, the depth they have is is just ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's the word for it. Uh, we've got, of course, our daily Manny Machado uh, rumors and updates. According to Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports, the Dodgers – uh, are looking at several different options, but including Machado, uh, pretty much looking at infielders, though they're looking at Esdrubal Cabrera, uh, Brian Dozier, and Scooter Jeanette as well. 
Yankees are showing increased interest in Machado, according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. And according to John Heyman, the, the, the Phillies are making Machado their top target, but not everybody can have a Manny Machado. So some of these teams will be disappointed. Yeah, I'm just I'm so curious to see how this plays out and what Baltimore gets in return for Machado, being that it's, you know, it's only going to be a second half rental, really. You know, depending if they don't move him till till the deadline, then it's only two months plus postseason. So I'm curious to see what they get in return. I am too, and I, I think a lot of people, and, and rightfully so, are, are skeptical that the Orioles are going to get uh, fair value. Um, you know, because the Orioles have done a number of things that I think have probably not inspired confidence over the last few years, but uh, that would be a shame. I mean, I hope they they can uh, you know rebuild that farm system or at least you know good go a good way towards it uh, when they do deal Machado. I uh, did mention we've got a, a bunch of other Yankees updates in addition to the activation of uh, Tanaka. Glaber Torres uh, may start a rehab assignment during the All Star break. Gary Sanchez is scheduled to take batting practice today and could be back with the Yankees after the All-Star break. And uh, Jonathan Loisiga got a cortisone shot in his shoulder on Monday, and he will be shut down from throwing for a couple of weeks. All those updates from the New York Daily News. Uh, according to NBC Sports Bay Area, Buster Posey is not going to participate in the All-Star game. He's going to get uh, an injection uh, in his right hip to calm some inflammation, and he's been uh, dealing with that pretty much all season long, which is why he's not been playing as much. So that's interesting because, yeah, I had noticed we've been seeing a little bit more Nick Hundley and a little less Buster Posey, and, and frankly, not as good of a season for Posey uh, as, as I was expecting. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's, I don't get why well, the Giants just got to move him to first base at some point. It's, uh, it's a shame. If this guy would have been, say, a first baseman his whole career, He's got in the comp like the right-handed Joey Votto. Maybe not with as much power as Votto has, but I would have loved to have seen this guy just been able just to hit and maybe not take on the rigors of catching for the entire season. Yeah, well, you know, I think we could still see that. I, I don't think the Giants like to play Brandon Belt in the outfield, uh, which would be the obvious solution for that. So I'm not exactly sure how they make that work, but I, I think that's coming sooner than later. Yeah, I think um, you got to take the chance with Belt in the outfield. I mean, to me, that's yeah. just—it's just—it's you got to sacrifice something here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christian Vasquez is having surgery on his pinky finger and is looking to miss between six and eight weeks, according to MLB.com. And also, uh, Alex Cora says that he's comfortable with the catching tandem of Sandy Leone and um, uh, and uh, Swihart. Uh, any interest in either of those catchers? I mean, I, I figured Swihart would be traded soon. Maybe that, that changes that. Yeah, well, the thing here with Swihart is, I, I mean, I know they've been in love with this bat and injuries, and it just never happened for him. He didn't have the playing time. But is he a good catcher? I, I think when we get into these crucial months of August and September, and, you know, you're going to need somebody who – is a good catcher, in my opinion, a good framer, somebody that can handle the handle the rotation. I don't know if Swihart's that guy. I don't know either. I mean, it's been quite a while since he's caught regularly, so I, I, I think that's a big question mark. And I personally wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Red Sox 
make an addition, regardless of the, the comments that Alex Cora has made to, uh, to MLB.com. Uh, another catcher note here. We're sort of on a catcher run here, talking about Posey and Vasquez. The Red Sox situation, uh, the Nationals yesterday activated Matt Wieters, who'd been out with uh, a hamstring injury, and he went one for four in his first game back against the Pirates. And uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he is almost fully recovered from his knee injury. He should be back soon. And when he comes back, he could be back at Triple A. Because if you recall the reports right before he got hurt, uh, those reports were saying that uh, a promotion from Double A was imminent. So uh, might see Vladdy uh, a step closer to the majors uh, very, very soon. Uh, so uh, I don't know. What's your expectation? You think we'll we'll see him up this season? I think we will. I, I think uh, if 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 he comes off the DL, they put him in Triple A. You give him uh, as long as he, if he goes and he's hitting like he was hitting prior to this injury. I think, you know, after two or three weeks there, a month at the most, I think we could get a, a, a six-week run of Vlad or at least the entire month of September. I think the Blue Jays are going to owe it to their fans. They're going to want people to come out to the park. And this kid is one of the most exciting young players in the game. Look at what Juan Soto's doing in Washington. I know different teams, different <laughs> situations. Yep. But there's a 19-year-old that's getting it done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to head to break, but when we come back, we'll take a whole look at a whole bunch of pitchers. Uh, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. No, that means huge savings for you. Get pre-finished hardwood and bamboo up to 36% off, including new styles like Mediterranean maple and bestsellers like silver stone bamboo. Take 25% off all dream home laminate and 10 to 15% off our best waterproof floors. More from just 49 cents plus special financing and professional installation. Hurry, get to your local lumber liquidators today. What's the most important thing you can do today? How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And it is Tuesdays with Modica. So Matt Modica is here with us. Don't stop believing in Matt Modica. <laughs> I haven't stopped believing. That's why uh, Matt and I are going to talk about a whole bunch of pitchers whose XFIPs don't really match up with their ERAs and try to make sense of that. Uh, got a lot coming up here. 
Uh, but first of all, I got a, just a quick note about something else Matt Modica knows about, and that's uh, rotoexperts.com. Would you bake a cake without a recipe or go to trial for public urination without a lawyer? <laughs> you don't have to answer that out loud. Uh, then why would you go into your fantasy football draft without the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package? We have a fantasy hall of famer and the number one overall football accuracy expert on staff writing articles, compiling rankings, projecting 2018 statistics, and answering your pre-draft questions. Our company's been nominated for over 60 fantasy industry awards in the last three years. We are here to help you win. Go to rotoexperts.com, use use the code WINNER to get 10% off, and give us the honor of leading you to fantasy glory with the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Uh, By the way, just before the break, Matt, uh, some news Felix Hernandez placed on the 10-day DL with lower back stiffness. Uh, so the uh, Mariners brought Nick Rumbelo. So you got that uh, extra arm in the pen, uh, you know, while they figure out, I guess, uh, who to plug into the rotation. Uh, I don't know, if maybe Rob Whalen. Uh, no more Ariel Miranda because he went, uh, I can't remember where. Uh, maybe Korea. I can't remember. I think I might have drafted Rob Whalen in like the 30th round of one or two drafts in the uh, spring. <laughs> I did too, which is why he was first of mind, first uh, or top of mind for me. Uh, I don't know what happened to Andrew Moore. Uh, I think he must be, uh, unless he's hurt, uh, part of that mix. But we'll I, I find mean, out I, soon. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what Seattle has that's attractive, but they do need to get themselves another arm. Seems like we've been saying that for a long, long time. Yeah, I, I just don't know if there's any more pieces left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they did a fairly good job. Uh, I, I think, you know, they, they did, they got Whalen and uh, I forget, they got, you know, a number of, of guys that, you know, were sort of, uh, I think, good for that that role of, uh, you know, either being a swing man or, or, you know, going sort of back and forth, quadruple A types, but... Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see soon enough, I guess, what the move is there. But for now, uh, Nick Rumbelow, uh filling the, the spot on the, the pitching staff. And also they made a swap, setting down uh, John Andrioli and bringing uh, Gordon Beckham back up. So a bunch of Mariners uh, transactions uh, there just in the last few minutes. So uh, let's, uh, as, as promised, talk about some of these FIP or ex-FIP uh, overperformers, underperformers, just uh, sort of by coincidence. The last two pieces that I've written for fan tracks, there's the one that came out today that is mostly about John Lester, uh, which I'll probably go into more detail about when we talk about Lester in a bit here. Uh, but then the one before that was on John Gray. And uh, they are the respective leaders uh, of the XFIP differential leaderboards boards with Gray being the biggest uh, underachiever. His XFIP is 2.81, and his ERA, uh, frozen uh, while he's done the minor leagues, is 577. so almost a three-run differential. Uh, and Lester, the biggest apparent overachiever, uh, who has a 2.45 ERA, uh, but his XFIP is 4.57, so it's more than a two-run difference in the wrong direction for John Lester. But let's uh, go back to the underachievers and, and specifically John Gray. Matt, are, it, it seems like the consensus is that Gray was was uh, given a bad deal, shouldn't have been optioned, that nothing's wrong there, and he's got the XFIP to prove it. Uh, are you you buying into that uh, consensus view? 
I think uh, as far as the Rockies go, it should have been something that was worked out on the major legal level. Uh, I remember I was reading there was various things. He was just throwing his curveball. He scrapped the changeup. Uh, I've read a couple of conflicting reports, so I'm not really sure what the what the truth is. But considering their rotation, this is their best arm. And I think uh, – he was still like fourth in the National League in strikeouts as of a few days ago, even though he was uh, demoted. So, I mean, there's talent here. Yes, it needs to translate, but I think you work it out. And it's not like he's going to a minor league situation where it's a better pitching environment for him. Uh, I believe their minor league situation isn't that good neither. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would kind think we'll see him back up in, in due time. For what it's worth, I had no issue with the demotion, and I think that the XFIP for him isn't all that telling. Because the thing is, XFIP doesn't, you know, there's a lot of things it doesn't ca- uh, capture. It, you know, it certainly does a better job in terms of, I think, treating home runs fairly than FIP does, uh, because XFIP goes, you know, based on the ground ball rate or the fly ball rate, rather, rather than, um, you know, just the, the home run total itself. But uh, some pitchers, I think, are better at generating soft contact uh, than others. Uh, some are better at uh, you know avoiding home runs, and uh, I don't know that it captures all of that. And John Gray, you know, has a disadvantage of playing uh, half of his games at Coors Field, which is perennially you know the top or one of the top uh, parks in terms of high to Abbott. So you know that's something that XFIP I think is not going to take fully into account. I- I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, Al, and I'm an ex-FIP guy. I think it's more predictive than FIP. I I rarely even use the FIP anymore. I'm more of the ex-FIP type. But, I mean, if you just took the name away and all the stats, and I I just told you, a guy's got over 11.5 K9, a walks per nine under three, uh, a a left-on-base percentage of 63%, and a BABIP close to 400, I mean – it would be somebody you would want. And I think the problem, too, is maybe it's his, I don't want to, I don't know if immaturity is the right word, but is, there's times when you got a guy or two on and you give up that home run, like that one pitch away of getting out of things. Like I've seen it happen with Luis Castillo on several occasions this year where he was like that one strike away, and the next thing you know, it was like a four-run inning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's something you know. Something too you have to take into account. And Castillo's next on the list. So thank you for the segue. Uh, he, uh, I mean, Gray is far and away uh, in the lead here in terms of the differential between ERA and XFIP. But Castillo's about a, a run and a half uh, off uh, in terms of uh, a five point five eight ERA, uh, but an XFIP that's three point nine nine. So uh, do you think that that's uh, the XFIP is uh, something we should? buy into more than the actual ERA? I mean, what I'll first say is I'm going to still believe this is a talented arm. I think it's a guy that's lacking confidence. And I I, I don't know. I know early on it was an arm angle. It was throwing uh, the two-seamer more, this and that. I, I don't know why they would have changed anything with this kid after that, <laughs> after that second half of last year. But I'll say this about a John Gray and a Louis Castillo, if I'm in a deep league and somebody lets them go, I'm going to take the shot on these guys. 
I mean, I get it in a 12-teamer, you probably have better options. But if you're playing in like a 15-team league or 14 and above, these are just arms you have to take a chance on. And if, if they click in that second half, it's going to be worth it. It, it may not happen. It, it, I, may, I might be wrong, but you got to gamble on talent. Yeah, well, Castillo has that, and he has the upside. And uh, I, I, you know, I certainly don't disagree with that strategy, as you say, in in uh, a deeper league for sure. Uh, there's one other name on this uh, underachievers list that I just want to point out, uh, and I'll probably have a lot more to say tomorrow about him. Uh, but Sal Romano, who uh, I mean, he's got a much lower xFIP, but when you have a a 5.40 ERA, uh, that's not necessarily that much of a help. But his xFIP is 4.5, so that still doesn't make him fancy relevant. But over his last four starts, and I'm writing about this for um, Rotographs a little bit later today, so I don't want to give away the whole thing. But last four starts, he's been getting a ton of swings and misses. It was kind of under the radar because I just noticed it after the last start uh, when he had done it three starts prior to that. So I'm very interested to see how he'll do uh, with uh, the Indians tonight because uh, that's yeah. that's a team that uh, you know, doesn't swing and miss a whole lot. Well, I'm, I'm, gonna, and I'm interested to read your piece. Uh, I mean, sometimes – it could be a pitch change, a, a grip, an arm angle that, you know, certain guys, he's not been on my radar, but uh, as you're pointing out, and I look forward to reading the article, you know, sometimes, you know, these, if something is significantly been altered to whatever his pitch or something else, these little things like that can propel you picking up a cheap player. So you got to be open to everything. Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> that's a little, little bit in the theme there of the article. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, check that out a little bit later, uh, later today on Tuesday. Uh, but let's move on to the overachievers, and I'll uh, have one more shameless plug here again that uh, just uh, recently wrote about John Lester for Fantrax. And uh, so he is the biggest overachiever in terms of uh, XFIP. Uh, again, he has that 2.45 ERA, but the XFIP says that uh, maybe it should be 4.5. 4.57 instead uh the the strikeout to walk ratio so far this year is very underwhelming very much below average both on the strikeout and the walk end of things uh but he's basically doing it by not allowing that many home runs and and allowing very little damage on fly balls in general uh if you take a look at the piece in fan tracks i've got a little uh, uh scatter plot there that shows lester very very low uh among uh, a large group of pitchers in terms of the damage allowed on, on fly balls. And just one more note here about Lester in that regard. There have been only four pitchers who have allowed an average fly ball distance of 316 feet or lower in each of the last three seasons, 16, 17, and, and this season, 2018. Only uh, four pitchers have achieved that. Lester is one, and the other three are uh, James Paxton, Blake Snell, and Eduardo Rodriguez. So all pitchers that have been stingier with home runs than you might guess, uh, and they seem to have a, a real skill at it, given that's three years running. Uh, is that enough for you to maybe try a buy low on John Lester, given that it seems like people uh, are, are pretty eager to, to try to deal him at this point? The reason I'd buy low on Lester is most because he's a veteran. He's had the success in the past. He's on a good team. Now, if you look at this season – and you look at two years ago, uh, back to 2016, 
a lot of the, the numbers are similar. It's just without the skill set. You know, as you mentioned prior, the the canine and the walks per nine are headed south, not in the right mm-hmm. direction. But all the other numbers look pretty much the same from the BABIP, the left on base percentage, and all that. And he's kept in the home run to fly ball percentage. That's, you know, and it's a veteran pitcher. So I tend to want to have guys like a Lester or Cueto in that second half. Uh, I, I think there is something to guys that have done it before, have, uh, you know, been through that stretch run. So maybe that's not the best uh, analytical way I'm putting it, but I do think there is something to that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think they're, you know, I think my rationale for, for trying to buy low on Lester, I think yours, I think they're they're both good reasons. So whether it's just that you're expecting positive regression from somebody who has performed at a high level for a really long time or just somebody who has this kind of under-the-radar skill um, that's kind of keeping him afloat when the, when the – you know, the other indicators have gone south. Uh, I think either way, it's it's a good gamble. And uh, I did a Twitter poll yesterday, uh, you know, with the idea of including it in this piece. And uh, the question in the poll was, do you view Lester as a buy, hold, or sell right now? And only 5% said buy. Uh, on, would, on the I other, mean... And 57% said sell. So, you know, there's people that want to sell John Lester and not much of a market for it. So that's that's part of the reason I think you get a really good price. Yeah, I mean, if you really can't sell him for nothing, is it worth selling? I've seen people call him a fraud this year, and it's kind of hard to argue with that. But I, I think sometimes, you know, now if you can get him, somebody wants just something for him, and you're not giving up any valuable uh, commodities on your team, why not? I, I, I'll take that. I'll take the risk. All right. Well, uh, so – Couple, couple good reasons to, to try a buy on John Lester, and apparently there are a lot. I lift the polls an indication, uh, <laughs> a lot of people wanting to sell. Uh, so the rest of the uh, list here of overachievers: Ronaldo Lopez, uh, second, one point eight uh, runs uh, behind his xFIP in ERA, uh, and then right behind him, Junior Guerra, Blake Snell. Uh, but again, he's got a very low ERA to begin with. Same thing with Justin Verlander. Uh, CC Sabathia, Mike Fulton-Nevich, Mike Fires, Miles Michaelis, and, and Alicia Seen. So, uh, a, a lot of you know pitchers in there who have you know are overperforming. But sort of like what I talked about in yesterday's show with Eno Saris, uh, you know, just because Mookie Betts is overperforming doesn't mean that after regression he's still not one of the best players in fantasy. So I think you know Blake Snell and Justin Verlander uh, will, will be just fine. But is there anybody well, on this list uh, that does concern you? I mean, look, I just want to. Touch on Snell. I, he, look, he's been amazing this year. It's been fantastic. The, the walks do concern me a little. That said, I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic if I have Blake Snell. But there is some issues with, with, with the walks. I don't, I don't think really many – a lot of people are just overlooking it because he's been so fantastic. Yeah, well, that, yeah, and that's a good thing to raise, uh, the truth, Snell, because he gets the strikeouts. I think he can rely on those. As I mentioned, he's been uh, – actually elite ever since coming to the majors in terms of limiting uh, fly ball distance. But the, the control's been up and down for Blake Snell. So, you know, I, I don't know. Do you think that's reason enough maybe to try to sell? Uh, it, it would be hard to sell. Uh, but look, if, if you needed, say, that bat 
and you had a good enough step. I'm I'm just looking at his last five outings, and he's had four, seven, four, one, and three. Those are the walk totals. Okay, then you look at the strikeouts: eight, six, ten, ten, and nine. It kind of you know, it it kind of makes you forget that. But I'm just I just wanted to say that I I give him kudos. A wonderful season, but I think sometimes. We, we don't raise enough concerns about certain issues. And is he a 2-ERA pitcher? You know, there's very few pitchers that are. I think in the second half, maybe he pitches more towards the exit or even a little lower than that. But I don't think he's going to pitch to a sub-3 ERA rest of the season. Wow, okay. Well, you know, so again, if you've got some surplus, I, I think that makes a ton of sense uh, to and, trade and from And that honestly, surplus. that's not a knock on Blake Snell. I would say that about the majority of the starting pitchers, you know. I, I think it's just, even if you're pitching, like, even as good as Verlander's been, I think at some point he's got to give some back. Mm, all right. Well, something for me to think about as a Verlander owner. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got to head to break, Matt. But uh, when we come back, we got lineups for you. We got performances from Monday to dig into. So you stay right there, and we'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, with me, as he is typically on Thursdays, Matt Modica. Uh, so uh, we do have a whole bunch of lineups to get to. Uh, we've got some stand-up performances from Monday also to uh, to get to. And I've got a news update here from uh, just over the break here. Uh, that show on Doolittle Toe Injury, that was just supposed to be no big deal, Matt. You know what's coming next. Uh. He's going to DL. I'm so gone on the DL. Sean Lil, do little to the DL. I'm pissed at myself. I'm just pissed at myself. I knew he should have been my ad this week. Uh, so, well, you're angry because you didn't bench him or because you didn't go out and get Herrera in a league where he's available? or Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go out and get him. I did get uh, Jared Hughes in a league. I actually got nice. one when I was happy about that. But I was going for Her- uh, Herrera. And then it seemed like, yeah, uh, maybe not. It looked like he was, but I'm, I'm just pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm not sure I had a league where I could have gotten Herrera, um, but yeah, I did. I have Doolittle in a couple leagues and didn't didn't bench him. So, uh, you know, it's uh, I I don't know. I can't be too mad. I mean, this was really soft pedaled. It's a real you know dilemma when at the be and this always seems to happen on Sunday and Monday, right? <laughs> When these injuries happen and you have next to no uh, information, there's not much you can you can do about it. And then, of course, you got the Araldis Chapman situation uh, where it looks like he's going to be dealing with a knee issue for a, a good chunk of the rest of the season, maybe the whole rest of the season. So certainly a good idea to try to uh, get Dylan Batances, who I think uh, would be the fill-in there if it were needed. 
And also, what do you make of the the situation in Philly? Uh, Victor Arano getting three saves in the past week. Uh, I still think, you know, given the situations and the way they've been used, I still think it's Dominguez that's going to get the bulk of the saves there. You know what? That's what I thought too. But uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I honestly don't really know what to say because I thought it was Dominguez. It looked like it was going that route on all signs, and then the last week happened. So. Honestly, I would say, I would say Dominguez, but three saves in a week kind of makes me shake my head. Yeah, well, uh, it's always unpredictable with Gabe Kapler, and uh, you know, also uh, you know, going back to the discussion of All Star snubs, I think now we've got a way to get Adam Avino on the All Star team. With Sean Doolittle, I think obviously uh, not going to be able to pitch. Uh, yes, in that one. Uh, Adavino was quite fantastic. Unfortunately, that injury, but. Yeah, and he hasn't been quite the same since coming back either, but yeah, I still still think he's deserving. So, uh, anyways, well, we got, uh, like I said, lots to get to. We'll get to uh, lineups in just a moment here, but uh, listen to Game Time Decisions with Gabe Morency and Cam Stewart at, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern today. So, in other words, right after uh, the show, uh, as they will be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge. All you have to do is get four baseball trivia questions correct, and you'll win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. The uh, contest is sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70% or nearly 14,000 people each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help the cause. Go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. One more time, that's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. And the number to play is 844-843-6879. One more time, get it down, 844-843-FNTSY for the DKMS Trivia Challenge on Game Time Decisions from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern today. Call in and win, and oh, by the way, we're going to play the contest on this show, the Fantasy Baseball. We're going to play it right here tomorrow. Yes, oh. can't wait. <laughs> That's going to be great. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll have folks uh, with much better uh, trivia skills than I do, I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's go take a look at some of the uh, lineups. No big weather concerns. Uh, really, it's been several days in a row that I've been able to say that. Uh, but uh, Pittsburgh, maybe maybe a slight chance of a, of a delay to start the game, but nothing that should affect your lineup choices. Uh, as far as actual real lineup choices here, I've uh, got a few of note. Uh, that Pirates game hosting the Nationals, Jeremy Hellickson and Joe Musgrove. Yes, Musgrove has been officially activated, so he will start tonight for the Pirates. And uh, no Josh Harrison. Uh, you got Max Moroff in there again. He played shortstop on Monday, second base today. So I guess uh, maybe the Pirates want to see more of him. And also uh, Elias Diaz catching. And I'm really interested to see what his playing time looks like with uh, uh, Cervelli back from the DL. Yeah, I would so. think that, you know, if you think the Pirates trying, you know, a, a healthy Cervelli, you know, maybe move him on to a, contender type team i think he can help a team like that that would make a whole ton of sense and Deli- and, and elias <laughs> elias diaz has been uh, hitting really well uh and if it weren't for just the uncertainty around playing time i would have picked him up 
a couple weeks ago, and I probably shouldn't wait too long. I just want to see how that shakes out. Uh, For the Indians, no Jan Gomes. Speaking of catcher situations, Roberto Perez uh, in there batting eighth. For the Reds, who are playing the Indians, that's that Sal Romano-Trevor Bauer matchup. Uh, No Adam Duvall, even though the Reds have the DH. Uh, It's going to be Scooter Jeanette cleaning up, hitting DH, and uh, Dilson Herrera, who was recently called up the uh, former Met um, at second base and batting second for the Reds. And uh, these I'm doing on the fly, Matt, because I didn't get to uh, any of these other uh, later lineups coming in. Uh, but looks like great. What's that? You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. I, ho- I hope I can keep that going. Uh, do you see uh, Jamer Candelario is back with the Tigers. Uh, missed a little bit of time with an illness. He's leading off playing third. And uh, facing the Rays, that's Matt Boyd and Ryan Stanek as the opener. Uh, quick look here at the Brewers lineup. Tyler, Tyler Saladino back in there at shortstop. And Brad Miller uh, getting a start at second base. They're fifth and sixth in the lineup. And Keon Broxton in center batting seventh. So interesting lineup for, uh, for the Brewers. Uh, and let's see. Uh, facing the Marlins, that's Ulysses Chassin and Pablo Lopez. Garrett Cooper cleaning up for them. And, of course, no JT Real Muto because he is on uh, paternity leave. Uh, Rangers Red Sox, that's Giovanni Gallardo versus Hector Velasquez. And just looking real quick, we do have Blake Swihart catching tonight. So if you want to check out his defensive stylings, <laughs> you'll get an opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, for the Rangers, we got Isaiah Kiner-Falefa catching. Did you realize he was catcher eligible now? Uh, I remember he went to the catcher. I had him for a little bit earlier on in the year, and then I moved on from him. Hey, look, yeah. whatever you can do to stay in the big leagues, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think that's a pretty cool thing, even though that's, again, you know, very deep leaguey uh, to mm-hmm. think about using him at catcher. But he is, if you want to do it, he is uh, starting tonight uh, at uh, Fenway Park. We got both the Braves and Blue Jays lineups in, uh, Marcus Stroman and Julio Tehran. And I don't see anything there in the Braves lineup uh, worthy of mentioned. Uh, we have seen a bit of Lourdes Gurriel for the Blue Jays, but not tonight. Uh, and then all we got left here is uh, Twins facing the Royals, uh, Ian Kennedy and Aaron Slagers. And for the Twins, uh, looks like your pretty typical lineup. And uh, White Sox, Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals, Dylan Covey for the White Sox. White Sox lineup is out and looks pretty normal there. So a lot more laps to come in, so do be sure to check on those uh, before you set your uh, daily lineups, for sure, for sure. Uh, One more message here before we get on with uh, looking at the standout performances for Monday. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget about having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Instead, invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. So no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. 
T-S-Y. All right, Matt, let's take a look back at Monday's game. Stephen Piscotty stayed hot. Third straight game with a home run. He's up to 10 now on the year, a three-hit game against the Astros. And now over his last 24 games, he's batting 310 with seven homers. Do you think that this is sustainable? Because this is better than I remember him being during his best times with the Cardinals. I don't I don't know. Maybe now he's you know, he was he had some really trying times. You know, his mother was sick, he was away, he got to move back to Oakland. And, you know, I'll give him a, a an opportunity. I was never the biggest Piscotti guy as a player for for fantasy, but what he's been doing lately has been pretty damn good. Sure has. I mean, I think he definitely, if nothing else, falls in that category of, you know, somebody that you, you pick up and you try, uh, you know, and see how it goes, you know, playing the hot hand. And maybe there's, you know, more more to it than that. Uh, Brett Gardner with uh, not really a big double header because he only started the, the latter game uh, against the Orioles. But it was a big game. It was a four-hit game. He had a seventh home run and 13th double of the year. Uh, I don't know what to make of Brett Gardner. I've got him in a draft and hold league where we can make lineup changes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just yo-yo him back and forth. And it's a 15-team league, so it's not particularly shallow. Uh, but I just I don't entirely trust Gardner. So it's kind of depending on the Yankees schedule and what my other alternatives are. Uh, do you like Gardner better than that? Is he better than Fringy? Uh, I think he is better than Fringy. I think the term for him is streaky, and you, like yeah. you say, you have him in and out. You got to try and time it. That's my best advice. Yeah, no, I think that you you just uh, hit the bullseye there. <laughs> Very streaky player. <laughs> uh, Jason Kipnis is on a good streak uh, and an extended one at that after a terrible start to the season. Hit his eighth homer and eighteenth double last night against the Reds, and now over his last eighteen games, a three seventeen batting average, four twenty three on base. 583 slugging uh, that's boosted by four homers, I think four doubles uh, over that period. So um, uh, is it time to uh, pick up uh, Kipnis and start him if you're able to? Uh, I I would think so, at least pick him up. I mean, if you look at the first two months, he batted like 200 with like three homers. And since June 1st, the the average is only 265, but he, he does have five homers. He's, you know, he's got, I don't know, maybe three or a handful of stolen bases. So, you know, the Indians kind of need the bat, uh, need his bat. So maybe, you know, after that short, after that slump early on, he was all the rage in spring training. So if he can get hot in the second half, he could be somebody and it's not going to cost you much. Yeah. Well, and also good to get a middle of the season reminder that spring training stats are pretty much meaningless. (laughs) Always. <laughs> because, God, was he bad uh, when the actual season started. Uh, Billy Hamilton, he, uh, not good for steals uh, for a surprisingly long time earlier, but he's, he's more than uh, making up for it. His last 21 games, he's got uh, 11 steals, the most recent one coming on Monday uh, against the Indians. Also batting 382 over that stretch, which is unbelievable. Uh, but I think if you got Hamilton, you got to, if you're benching him, you got to start him right now. And Andrew Toll's uh, finally making his season debut coming up for the uh, Dodgers uh, and with uh, Puig on the DL. Uh, a lot of people were expecting Verdugo. It was uh, Toll's instead coming up with a two-hit game. He doubled, uh, obviously, his first double of the year because it's his first game of the year. 
uh, against the Padres. Any interest or excitement about Andrew Tolles? Uh, I mean, he flashed for us. I think we would have seen Verdugo, but I think if the Dodgers are able to pull off a Machado trade, Verdugo's the guy to go. So I think they wanted to keep him down in the minors for now. They didn't want him to have to come up. Maybe he struggles or something like that. So I think that's why it was Tolls and not Verdugo, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it, it's got to be a deep league for Tolls, and you maybe it's a, a, a look-see. Because he did, at one point a couple of years ago, look like he had some promise to him. But, uh, I mean, it, the option's got to be short. One thing I, I would like to say, I'm like Billy Hamilton. I mean, just on a defensive side of, of the ball in real baseball, I think he can really be an uh, asset in center field for one of these contenders. I think mm-hmm. he'd be great for Cleveland. I mean, I, I think that would be a perfect fit for him. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, if there's a place where he could go and help that and, and be an upgrade, uh, that would certainly be one of the, one of the key ones. Uh, well, it's a few minutes left to, to talk about a few pitchers. I mean, it's been a pitching-heavy show anyway. Uh, but Danny Duffy continuing on a, a pretty good stretch here. Uh, nine strikeouts, six scoreless innings against the Twins. Uh, over his last six starts now, he's got 41 strikeouts in 37 innings. Uh, so uh, you feel good about uh, using Duffy pretty much uh, every time out at this point? Uh, right now I'm going to roll him out. Uh, I really He's a guy I've always liked. I kind of avoided him this year. And then I picked him up in one of my big leagues uh, when he was really struggling. Somebody cut him. I think I got him for like $19. And it was a so-so few starts. And I cut bait. I told myself, just stay pat with him. He's a guy that, you know, second half could give you innings and possibly turn it around. I forget who I cut him for, and I'm regretting it. Yeah, well, uh, a little regret I'm sort of having, and maybe this will change by tonight, is uh, I made uh, Tyler Anderson my top fab priority in Tout Wars and put Duffy behind him. So I got Anderson and missed out on Duffy. Um, Hoping that works out, but we'll see how Anderson (laughs) does tonight. We had a good pitcher's duel, and really one I didn't expect between Kyle Hendricks and Andrew Suarez last night. Uh, In fact, one of the questions I got from uh, Twitter that I answered on the show was about Andrew Suarez. I recommended he sit tomorrow. It was a bad call. He gave up one run uh, over six innings against the Cubs. Did walk four batters. And Kyle Hendricks, uh, classic uh, performance from him, eight and a third, just one run, um, eight Ks against the Giants. So uh, any thoughts on either Hendricks or Suarez? Uh, Suarez was a guy I tried getting on the cheap this week in a couple of leagues, in a couple of uh, 15-teamers where he did become available. Unfortunately, I was outbid. And Hendricks is the perennial second-half guy. Yeah, well, that, and that could be. That could be. So certainly an encouraging sign there. And Jeffrey Ramirez uh, only lasted four innings against the Yankees for the Orioles, but he got 17 swings and misses in just four innings. Uh, so the intrigue continues uh, with Jeffrey Ramirez, just someone to keep an eye on. Anyway, uh, Matt, on that note, I think we got to wrap up here. So thanks again. Great stuff. Thank and I look you. forward to the next Tuesday with Modica. You got it, Al. Thanks again. <laughs> All right. Have a great one, everybody. See you tomorrow.